Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by The Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? It's going pretty well. I've been a bit distracting of a week. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? I was, uh, I was going to say, all right, let's take five minutes to offer our thoughts on that distraction, but I think it'll be a... Uh, uh, It'll be even better to save it to the end of the show because uh, that distraction has kept us from other Fire Emblem extended duties uh, with Engage. So uh, we'll put a pin in it. Don't let me forget, Eddie. We'll come back to it at the end of the show because we do have some Fire Emblem Heroes content to go over. We've got uh, the banners. As always, we'll start with the banners. The Weekly Revival 2157 banner is running right now. Hall of Forms Revival goes until the 26th. Golden Week Hero Fest, Choose Your Legend, Round 1 through 6, goes until the 1st of June. Legendary and Mythic Hero Remix 1 and 2 goes until the 4th. New Heroes and Rearmed Krom goes until the 7th. That's the new Heroes banner we're going to talk about. And speaking of which, Eddie, how did your summoning go? Uh, Well, I got a Fallen Byleth on my free summon, so that was nice. But, of course, they pulled the... uh, kind of shady choice of having red be both uh fallen crom and fallen byleth uh so i was uh still summoning on reds along the way i ended up getting maria off the first spark and then nunkos off the second spark uh, and we'll definitely have some words about him later on um and then i uh, managed to get fallen crom in between the two uh and ended up getting a because uh wanted a spare one for you know merging eventually and extra copies of the weapon i managed to get a spare one right around the second spark so didn't have to summon much past that very good yeah uh it's funny that fallen byleth arrived for you um on one of your free summons because i had the exact same thing happen to me uh i was uh and i did notice the double red on the banner which is never good uh i know intelligent systems has gotten really good of only doing that every once in a while. Um, Most they, banners are one of each yeah. color, but yeah. They they get a lot of heat for it, and I think they still sneak it in every once in a while for some reason. Uh, I don't know. They got a lot of, a lot of sword units. Of all the abnormal situations, this is one where they're kind of backed into a corner. Unless they're going to try and say this, I mean, this is the Byleth from Three Hopes, where you really don't see him unless you do end up recruiting him, which is possible in the game. Uh, you don't see him as anything but a sword user. And Krom is, once again, a sword user. So yeah, kind of tight on their options there. So Yeah, I get it. And, you know, in this specific instance, I think uh, I think we can we can give them a pass. And, and uh, hey, maybe that's why we got one of these characters uh, pretty quick. But uh, I, I thought about it. When I was summoning, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll either go for Fallen Byleth or Fallen uh, Rearmed Krom because they're both on the red, and, and red always pops up. I, I very rarely, uh, when I'm focusing on a, on, on a color... Not, not always, but yeah, one, most often. Yeah. Because there are so many red heroes, I do believe they do, proper, do to some degree weight the orb drops based on the number of heroes potential. Yeah. Or maybe not, which is even more evil, but it does definitely feel like red pops up far more often than green or blue. Yeah. Or green, specifically green or colorless, really, are the two lower ones. 
Yeah. I think colorless is the toughest to, to focus on in my experience. So I mean, it felt, it felt for years like green was far more rare. Hmm. Not necessarily toughest to focus on, but everyone always, you know, was not fond of colorless because there's so many healers and that's the only place to get healers. And right. until they started adding colored bows and daggers, you know, it was healers, daggers, and bows, and you probably had plenty of those already. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, pretty good. Uh, in my mind, I, I, I was happy to get one and and uh, jump out. So we'll see what uh, what is on the horizon uh, heroes-wise. I'm pretty sure we have special heroes uh, coming up in uh, in a couple weeks or, or later this week, I think, is is what we're looking at calendar-wise. Yep. Uh, the, you have the new calendar, a lot of stuff, but the main thing is that the uh, bridal banner, and we don't actually have confirmation of that yet unless the teaser image is up, and I missed it, um, but that's dropping on the 19th, uh, and that's the main big thing in the next couple weeks because we'll be recording uh, right before the new legendary hero drops at the end of the month. That's right. That's right. And, uh, well, here there is a, a new mode that dropped into the game. And I know Eddie and I uh, talked pre-show, and you haven't had a chance to play uh, Seer's Snare, which is going to be around. It's a longer scale event. I think it's 10 days that it runs for, so you still got time. Uh, but this is the new mode they added in the last version update, which is kind of a... Uh, is, is Fire Emblem Heroes take on a roguelike, you know? Um, okay. you, you select heroes based on the bonus. Yeah. I mean, you select whatever heroes you want, but they offer you uh bonus stats, uh, for select titles. I believe right now is awakening and mystery slash new mystery of the emblem, I believe. Okay. Uh, so you, you create a team of four and you try to progress through this, like sort of, uh, choose your own path. Uh, and it's it's four heroes on your side, four heroes on the other side, but they don't have you don't have skills. You're earning skills with each completed battle, and then you're equipping those skills to your heroes. Uh, and I haven't gotten like incredibly far because, as we were saying pre-show, I'm not not very good at combat, <laughs> especially the ones where you have to use your wits. Right? Like I'm an auto battler through and through when it play when it comes to playing the game. So with this mode, it is very much going to require your focus. Uh, but essentially the idea is to progress as far as you can. You're going to want to take a healer. That was one of the tips that was given to me in game because when your health, your hit, hit points are retained after each battle, so you don't recover unless you specifically hit a recover point. Tempest trial. Exactly. Rules. Yeah. Health carries over. Yeah, very similar to Tempest Trials. Uh, and uh, there are like bosses along the way and and bosses will offer a checkpoint. So essentially, if you if one of your heroes dies, you get game over and you have to either restart that battle. Um, but of course, if you went into that battle with low HP for all your heroes, you have the option to rewind time completely to the beginning or to a checkpoint the options given to either rewind to the beginning or to uh, the last sub-boss you beat. So I haven't progressed far enough to get to a sub-boss. I'm kind of still poking at the new mode, but um, it has a daily reward bonus to check in and do a mode or do a do a complete a battle, similar to a lot of other uh, modes in the game. But it's 
It's interesting. I think it's like it's a really neat uh, way. Although I'll say this: when you're choosing your next battle, it's it doesn't appear as though like they it means anything. Like there's an A or B option, and and they have a different color. One's blue, one's red. But like I don't notice the difference between the two choices. It's almost like it's just. And you can preview the whole path. Like, there's well, no. Well, if you choose the A option, does it give you an A skill, or does it just the skill it gives you random? Oh, you know what? That's probably it. Yeah, I think you're right. Because yes, when you finish a certain battle, you're offered a specific pool of skills, um, and I I believe it is associated with uh, with with the battle. It's it's an A or a B or a C. That would explain why I kept getting all A skills. Because I kept, <laughs> I kept doing a battles, so uh, you didn't even play the mode, and you're 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 definitely uh, you're definitely poking at it. It's good. You said you were learning learning skills from playing, so I'm yeah. gonna say A and B are skill slots. So is that possibly what they're saying? I think so. That's that's got to be it. And I apologize to the listeners if if we're getting this wrong. But like, here's the thing: it isn't. It's it's a very interesting mode. I'm enjoying it. So is it just the A, B, and C skills that are empty, or are your specials and assist skills also missing? Your specials are uh, your specials are also missing. Uh, assist, I'm not sure. I believe assist is just is just blank by by. Well, that's not true because I brought a healer. I was gonna along. say a healer needs their assist skill. So if assist skills are missing, then then no, kind of at a disadvantage. Here, healer or no heal. I think the assist skill is based on like what you have your what your character has, okay. what your hero has equipped outside of battle like before you enter Seer's okay. snare. So, you know, you can kind of preview the path and kind of look down the line and determine like I I need to hit a checkpoint in it cuz I I have gotten so my first try with it I didn't bring a healer along and I quickly realized like oh that's silly, but like you got to make sure that you're keeping your heroes strength up so that you can continue to uh, to the bosses and stuff and and I and I I like the rewind feature. There is a currency that you're earning as well in game, and then you have to spend that currency to rewind and try again. So, uh, it, it's hard to tell. Like, there's probably more stuff you can do with that currency because I I can't imagine it's just for rewinding. Um, but but it is it does cost you to rewind. But I'm sure you're getting a certain amount because if you just kept trying you you get stuck so you must be able to rewind uh or get that currency elsewhere but yeah it, it's interesting i mean it's like a lot of the other modes it's a pve mode um you you're only going to get out of it what you what you put into it so if you want to get those daily rewards you're going to want to you know at least check in on it but i think i i really like the pve modes that they add and i think this one because it requires a little more attention, similar to like the uh, the auto chess uh, or the auto, is it auto chess that they that they did last time? It was like um, what's her name? Loki's pawns yeah, or yeah. something? Isn't it pawns of Loki? Yeah, is that, yeah, isn't that still around? It is still around, but I felt like that was the one that they added previously. That also felt like okay, this is a PV, a different kind of way to engage with our characters and our heroes. And it's still like the classic grid based. Well, it's still the the classic battling. The auto chess one didn't have uh, the classic sort of map setup. 
the the seer snare is is definitely that classic map setup but but it's a different approach so i like when they mix up the the combat and stuff and 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 do a pve mode because then it allows you to you know not worry about other people having way better heroes than you (laughs) so uh it's fun it and if it's something they're gonna you know introduce you know on uh, every couple months like it, it I think if it was introduced as often as Tempest Trials, you could probably get pretty bored of it. But if it's going to be like every couple months, similar to how they're doing Pawns of Loki, I, I think it'd be a good uh, a good thing to throw into the mix every once in a while. So yeah, yeah, I think you should check it out, Eddie. I think you'd really, I think you'd dig it. It's uh, yeah, it's really we'll interesting. definitely consider it. Very good. All right, well let's uh, let's get over to the next Resplendent hero, which is going to be Ninian, Oracle of Destiny. Starting on May 24th, for Fae Pass subscribers, you'll be able to add Ninian in her Niffle-inspired armor. Uh, you can uh, have her added to your Heroes collection when, if you're a Fae Pass subscriber, starting on May 24th. And gotta say, I'm always a big fan of the Book 2 look and feel. You know, you've got the the bright blues mm-hmm. of Niffle, you've got the bright reds of uh and if i recall ninian was also somewhat connected to ice already so it kind of fits for her yeah yeah it's honestly like it's one of those it's one of those resplendent heroes where it's like oh well of course they have ninian in niffle garb because like she she already has that like blue outfit look so it just fits so Mm -hmm. well so speaking of things that may or may not fit well which uh, we'll definitely probably discuss to some degree uh, the yearly Fallen banner returns with Krom taking the spotlight and the new heroes in Rearm Krom banner. Uh, but of course, as the title of the banner suggests, he's not sticking around as he is a rearmed hero. Joining him is Byleth from Three Hopes, Maria showing what would have happened if you failed to save her in Shadow Dragon, Linus from Blazing Blade as the Grand Hero Battle, and the odd man out from the batch on the banner itself as a mythic hero and the main villain of Fates. Slums it as a normal unit, and we get a fallen unit of him, which is, you know, nev- he is never non-fallen that we ever saw, uh, as Anankos is the final unit on the banner. Okay. Uh, I guess technically fallen Anankos, but as I said, he doesn't. he's the main villain. He's not really fallen to anything. In fact, if he was a fallen Anankos, he should be a nice, polite guy. Not his usual evil self. <laughs> that would have been a fun twist, wouldn't it? Yep. Oh, they had an opportunity there. Uh, we'll we'll definitely talk about Anankos uh, a bit more later on because I um I didn't know anything about the guy, so I did a bit of a dive uh, on him just to kind of see yes. uh, what he's, he's all about. He's the main villain of Fates. You never saw him if you actually unless you played. Um, you might have gotten a hint of him in the normal versions, but you don't see him unless you play Revelations. Yeah. And actually, he was the focus of the, the his that revelations route was the focus of the uh, lost lore that's going on right now. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, um, we'll start things off with Byleth, Vengeance Vessel. Uh, there's something different about Byleth today. For one, she's speaking with a lot more gravitas. And did her voice always sound like that? This Byleth arrives from Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes and is a sword infantry hero wielding Captain Sword. Distant A slash S solo rewards being, well, solo, where Byleth gains attack slash speed plus five if not adjacent to an ally. 
Also, under any circumstance, the skill allows Byleth to counterattack a foe's attack regardless of range. So this is the three hopes Byleth that we see um, whenever she fights Arvel. This is the Ashen Demon version of Byleth that we see. Uh, yeah, that she kind of, you see her fighting Shez in Arvel because it's kind of, um, uh, Sothis inside of Byleth senses something about Arvel and kind of takes over at one point in that game. So, yeah. Yeah, I remember uh it was odd playing Three Hopes and Byleth being set up as the as the villain in the game. Um so yeah, uh, it's really nice to see them add Fallen Byleth and and again, I I think it works because you've got you've got this Three Hopes to pull from. So like uh, it, this is one I think that works really well and it's not even a what if, it's a, if it's it's a game we've played. So really yeah. neat. I mean, a lot of the characters are not what ifs. Um, I, and I'll admit, I've it's been a while since I played the original game, uh, but um, Maria and Crom both feel like what ifs to me because you know, Crom maybe, and I haven't played the DLC that shows the future, the fallen future. So maybe you see a Crom like this in there, but Maria, I don't recall any version unless. It's a, a possible to not save her in the map where you rescue her. I don't recall any version of Maria that was actually, you know, taken over by Medeus. So, but, yep. And a lot of the previous ones have been, like, uh, Takumi. Uh, you fight that version of Takumi when he falls into the crater at one point, and then he shows up later on. You know, most of them have usually had some basis of actually showing up in that version in the game. And maybe Maria does show up if you don't actually save her. But speaking of Maria, she is our next unit. Maria, Ritual Sacrifice. Maria shows up here as a colorless, colorless infantry staff unit. Uh, like I mentioned, this is kind of a, her fully on board with Medeus. Um, in the Forging Bonds, it uh, kind of poses it as, you know, everyone's just going to keep fighting each other, so destroy should just destroy the world so everyone stops fighting each other type mindset is what she seems to have taken on. Uh, of note in her on her kit is the Sacrifice Staff, which comes with a buff for allies that gives a miracle effect in an auto-heal, if it triggers, of 99 hit points, so that should heal most anyone. Uh, though it can only happen once in a battle uh, for your team. So, like, if one character uses it at any point on your team, I don't know if the miracle effect goes away, but the auto-heal definitely goes away. Uh, she also comes with in with built-in Dazzle, Dazzling Effect, which is the foe cannot counterattack on her staff. And her B skill has the uh, staff damage boost, the one that makes it so your staff uh, does damage the same as other weapons, uh, along with a new special that gives foes the panic effect on them, among other things, when it triggers, uh, and a tier 4 A skill. So quite, quite a hefty kit for a healer here. Yeah. I, I find they try to they really try to kit the the healers out you know because they add so few right and also like healers there's limited stuff they can really do with them you know they're kind of a little more limited so a lot a lot of the more recent healers that they finally started adding more in have been well kitted out prior to some of these the most of the boosts for healers have just been either potentially better stats or you know not much in the way yeah. Of things. But. 
Yeah. Uh, well, next up, we've got Anikos, Seething Silence. This strange-looking man with his face hidden by his hood actually isn't human at all. He's Anikos, one of the first dragons, who rules the kingdom of Vala with an iron fist. Anikos was once a gentle dragon who loved humanity, but after many, many years of life, his mind became corrupted by madness. Where have I heard that before? Uh, Anikos is a blue dragon armored hero wielding silent breath. Now, we touched on this at the top of the segment. I don't remember him from Conquest at all. I, I played through all of Conquest, or sorry, all of, of Birthright. Um, I feel like he's mentioned, or as you said, Eddie, like hinted at mm-hmm. in the endings of both Birthright yeah, and Conquest. Yeah, he's the one controlling Garon and Birthrights and Conquest, as you yeah. mentioned. Yeah, so he's technically like kind of the final boss for Birthright and Conquest, as you said, because he's controlling Garen. Um, but he is the true final boss in Revelations. Now, I was doing a bit of research, and I guess he's also the focus of like the Fates DLC that looked at the the, the kids. Or no, 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 he's the focus of uh, a Fates DLC. Oh, okay, but he. I don't really remember that much, but um. I mean, the thing about him is they claim he was gentle, but uh, we never see it, so it feels off to have a fallen version of him because it would be really weird having a non-evil version of him or, like, say, a you know non-fallen or a good version of Medeus or Grima, you know? Yeah. Uh, Grima might be an odd case because Grima, I guess, was created specifically, but, you know, Medeus, the bad guy, and Shadow Dragon, it'd be odd to see him before he fell to evil. Doom is a little different because he was less of an evil thing, but more of a difference in opinion and slightly mad. You know, mm-hmm. he never felt like pure evil like Medeus and Grima and Anankos. Uh, the way you were pronouncing it, did you find a pronunciation guide? Because that extra in there, I pronounced it Anankos. You were saying an Anakos. I don't know. I just, like most times, just say it as. <laughs> Let's say it as I no, see it. No problem. If you had found a pronunciation guide, no, that'd I did be not. fine. But it's no. just that ignoring that second end threw me off there when you were saying it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. No, no, no. I, I did not find a pronunciation guide. but um, So I was wrong. So the, the child-focused DLC for Fates, he is the he's also the bad guy. Uh, okay. But he's like, as you said, the super bad guy because he's succeeded and caused the world to end. Um, but there okay. is another set of xenologues for fates called the Hidden Truth xenologues, where I guess he transports himself to another world, and he arrives in Elise sometime after the fall of Grima. He calls out for help, and his message is received by Owain, Inigo, and Severa. Uh, he brings them to the military. He asks for their help by uh, by coming to their world, and the three agree to before Valite forces. No, okay, I'm reading. Just reading it. I shouldn't be doing that. That's kind of the explanation of how um, uh, those three characters show up in their alternate versions. Yeah, and it sounds like you get you. So you do get like the good guy. Okay. Anankos, because uh, it goes into how you're, you're right. I did recall hearing. I do recall Lilith saying stuff about something like that. Yeah, I guess Lilith is is his daughter again. I think like, so. Or, or or is summoned by him, or is essentially as close as it gets. But um, it's interesting. So like he has. So I, again, I've not I've not seen the Hidden Truth Xenologues. I've not played them. But uh, it sounds like maybe 
Anankos is, uh, there is a, a better version of him. He's probably still evil, but not as evil as, um, as, as he is in this fallen, fallen banner, but he's definitely mostly evil all the time, you know, um, more evil in, in, in the fates, uh, children DLC. So, uh, yeah, I mean, interesting. It, it is so funny to think back on Fates, and I remember when Fates launched or was launching. I remember on the Gamers Inn talking about it and being like, oh, "I'm so excited, we're gonna get three games at the same time," you know. And I remember being so fascinated by that. But then I think when it launched, I was like, "Oh, this is too much," <laughs> you know. <laughs> I never played the DLC. I mean, I'll admit when Fates was announced, I was like, "That feels really weird choice to me." Yeah, because you know? Usually a single game, I mean, unless they really shorten it, usually a single game is more than enough. I mean, yeah. I'm intrigued by it. It'll be interesting to see what they're doing there. You know, and I definitely think Three Houses did the three story, three different storylines a lot better, even though it's they never gave you a canon one. And technically, according to them, the Revelations is the canon version of the game. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah, I... I think just when it launched, it, it, you know, it sounded like a good idea. And then when you, when you got it in your hands, you're like, okay, yeah, this is a lot of, uh, this is a lot, this is a lot of uh, yeah. Fire Emblem, right? And yeah. And even though we technically do get a good version of Anankos in the, in one of the DLCs, he's the big bad of the game. I fully expected him to be a mythic, not a normal hero. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. a really good point too. Like, it, it, as you said, it feels like he kind of got a bit of a downgrade. Yeah, I mean, he's he's the main boss of the game. He's kind of a hidden main boss, but he is the main boss of Fates. He's the you know, super he's bad guy. controlling the one you fight. He's the final boss of the quote-unquote true ending in Revelations. You know, say what you will about the map design and the story along the way, they consider that, I believe they consider that to be the, you know, true storyline where you stop the actual bad guy behind everything not just garen you know because theoretically after defeating garen years down the line uh xander or his descendants would turn evil and do it all over again Mm -hmm. you know but actually defeating him in revelations technically ends it but yeah it, it is what it is uh interesting choice uh, and speaking of interesting choices, they decided to go with Rearm Krom the fe- for the Fell ex- Exalt as the next unit on the banner or the uh, focus of the banner. Uh, having hailing theoretically from the timeline, Lucina escaped an awakening or some other version where Krom fe- lost. Uh, Krom, as a risen version of himself, appears on the banner as a sword infantry unit wielding the Arcane Devourer. Uh, as an arcane weapon, it can be inherited once uh, to another unit without uh, Krom leaving the barracks. Uh, with his usual special uh, that allows him to move an island, gives him a second turn, although this, this one is called Fate Unchanged, like all his normal versions, which I believe say Fate Changed or something to that effect. Um, uh, and uh, also it debuffs the enemies around him uh, while he does that. He also comes with Gale Force as a special, giving him yet another option to get another attack in or another turn in and they get pretty much crammed to the gills with tier four skills. So quite, quite a hefty kit on him. Yeah. And his design is just, Oh, it's odd. It like his, his design's so cool. 
Uh, he's yep. even got like the 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 evil crown too there. That's, oh man, I kind of want to oh, yeah. dive back into the banner for him, but I know it's just going to end up. You know, I'm not opposed to having a bunch of more bylaws, <laughs> you know. Um, but I just know my luck if I dive back in. Yeah, it's not going to work quite, in my favor. Quite a week for his voice actor. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, he's. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll we'll talk oh, yeah. a little bit about it. We won't spend too much time. But you're right. Very busy time for Matt Mercer, right? And that's that's the guy, yep. right? Yeah. Yes, it is Matt Mercer voicing him. A lot of Fire Emblem characters uh, popping up yep. in that game. You know. Uh, okay, I didn't notice that. I don't know who else pops up, but uh, before we get into that, uh, we can discuss who does pop up if you want or not. But we should. I don't think Linus shows up in the other game. No. Linus does not show up. So let's get let's get Linus out of the way. And I, you know, before that I have a question. Was there any four star hero on the banner? I, I feel like there wasn't. Uh on average the fallen banner is the one of the two banners normal banners that does not have or one of the few normal banners that does not have a four star D right. uh, downgrade. Okay. I believe the other being the I mean the other one I know of for sure is the uh Choose Your Legends doesn't have a downgrade. Mm-hmm. But that makes this sense. one I don't think has a downgrade and doesn't have a redheaded stepchild. No, of the five star pool. All very good heroes. Although uh, Linus, uh, Savage Dog, uh, hey, th- isn't that Linus one of the Black Fang assassins? There's something off about him, though. Uh, it turns out that the real Linus died under suspicious circumstances, and he was brought back as a puppet-like morph at the hands of Nurgle. Who's secretly controlling the Black Fang? Dun dun dun! Linus is an axe infantry hero wielding dead fang axe and available as a grand hero battle unit that you can earn in game, maybe possibly still. I don't know. I haven't done it yet. Uh, but yeah, Linus, he's back in fallen form. <laughs> <laughs> you thought I was going to say pog form, didn't you? Once again, like like with uh. Um, Anankos, a quote-unquote fallen form, and I guess the explanation of him being a morph instead of his normal self without his free will and all, I guess, explains it. But a fallen form is kind of odd because he was a villain to begin with. And mm-hmm. he wasn't a villain like, um, uh, what's his name? Man, I've been paying so little attention that I can't remember the name of the, uh, you know, bad guy in Await Engage that turns to your side and never seemed evil. Oh, uh starts with an M, doesn't it? Mauvier? I think Mauvier? so. Yes, Mauvier. Mauvier, yeah. He, not not even like Mauvier or anything. He was just straight up enjoying the murder and pillaging life. Uh even if when the Black Fang assassins originally started they had good intentions. I feel like he's one of those ones like in Sacred Stones that was brought on after the bad guy took over and because he just enjoyed being evil. Mm-hmm. Although he might have been semi-decent before Nurgle took over. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, that is going to do it for our Fire Emblem Heroes content for this episode. But uh, if you are a fan of non-Fire Emblem content, maybe a, a little game that came out recently like tears of the kingdom i thought it'd be fun to do like a quick five minute 
10 minute check-in. So essentially this is where you're explaining that you haven't finished the fell Xenolog yet. Yeah. I'll admit I haven't finished the game because I got distracted by Xenoblade Chronicles 3's DLC and now Tears of the Kingdom. So, you know, and I was moving slowly to begin with. So I haven't even finished the main story, but I have finished the fell Xenolog. Yeah. So we're waiting on you for discussing that one. It's 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 so true. I, I I said I would finish it, and honestly, like we're now at a stage where it's like it's going to be a bit longer. Um, but yes, yep. I did not finish the Xenoblade or Xenoblade. I haven't even touched the Xenoblade DLC, although I hear really good things. I was enjoying it. I I hopped in just because you know it's like I could keep going with Engage, but you know what? I want to just see what it's like in there, and then I got hooked and was playing it pretty much up until. Friday when I was like, you know what, I want to try and finish the Unplayed 3 first, and then, well, I'll hop in and take a look, and haven't jumped out since. Yeah. <laughs> to Zelda. Yeah, it, it is, uh, so here, so here's the thing, um, we'll, we'll, look, if you're trying to stay super duper spoiler free for Tears of the Kingdom, because I am cognizant of the fact that every time we talk about a game, it, it, you know, people's opinions of spoilers differs across the board. So I want to, I just want to say like, look, like I'm not going to say where this is going to be completely spoiler free because I've, I've had folks write in and be like, you talked about how the combat works. That's a spoiler. And I'm like, I mean, that's a bad example for tears of the kingdom. Cause it's very similar to breath of the wild in terms of like, you know, oh, the, spoilers. Oh man, I did it. People are that hardcore. Well then just don't listen. No, and 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 again, that is totally fine, and that's why I want to get ahead of ahead of that and be like, this is going to be a ten minute chat, nothing crazy. But if you want to basically wait until you've got four, five, five or six hours into the game, then come back. That's probably a safe bet. So, Tears of the Kingdom, we've both been playing it. We're both way into it. Uh, what are your thoughts so far on on the game and 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 getting like a wild sequel to to a Zelda game? You know, like we very rarely get this, if at all. Oh, we got Majora's Mask in the past. Um, I think A Link Between Worlds was technically a sequel to A Link to the Past, but yeah, it's not common that we get direct sequels. They usually just jump in time. Um, definitely some odd choices uh like i bumped into hestu who was a character in breath of the wild and he doesn't seem to recognize me at all uh no one seems to be aware of or care that the old towers are suddenly vanished (laughs) and you know they've explained why there are new towers there but what what happened to the old towers or the old shrines why did they vanish all these new shrines randomly appeared but no one's talking about the fact that the old shrines just disappeared they aren't just sitting there inert or anything. They're gone. Hmm. You know? Um, but overall, it's been fun. It's, you know, I, I've probably dug a lot more in certain things than others and less th- of other things than others. I mean, yeah. So. Yeah. I, uh, I find it interesting. I never really thought about the shrines, but the towers did pop into my mind because I was like, okay, how are we going to... Because you have to reveal the map again. Um, and I think they... And it's a really cool way they did it, but yeah, and you know, but did they tear down the old towers in the time between the games, or did they vanish when we defeated Ganon, or yeah, why are the you know, well, the towers were so the towers from Breath of the Wild were they not like were they not 
tools built by the ancients to to uh to help defeat calamity ganon like and then maybe that's that's the reason they've been destroyed i, mean, or... I guess that you could argue that they if i'll admit i'm not sure if i ever actually did get around to beating calamity ganon in my breath of the wild but i'm guessing that you can unless it drops you right before the battle to play after you defeat him i'm guessing you still go do stuff afterwards so Maybe not. Maybe it was mm-hmm. once you beat him, you're done. And maybe it showed them crumbling, but it's kind of a case of, you know, yeah, okay, so did they crumble? And if so, where's the rubble then? Or did they just magically vanish? You know? And like the shrines, yes, they were tools built by the Sheikah to, um, you know, help the hero defeat Calamity Ganon, but. They made it sound like they were always there. They just suddenly activated. Right. You know? And yet, for them to suddenly vanish after you defeated them feels weird. Yeah. There is some hand-wavy stuff in terms... Like, as you said, like, um, your examples for some Zelda games that are sequels are good. But, like, this is straight up, like, a year after Breath of the Wild, and there's very much a connection. Like, you you even start the game... Did they confirm it was only a year or? Uh, I don't, uh, to be honest, I have no idea how long, but it feels like a short amount of time has passed. And these are very oh, yeah. clearly, this is Link and Zelda. Five, 10 at most. Yeah. Five to 10 years at most, but it definitely felt like, kind of felt like more, more than a year. Cause if it feels like, you know, life has been moving on since Breath of the Wild to some degree before this weird stuff happened. Oh, and that was my other big complaint is when you, get back down to Hyrule proper after the tutorial island, there's no telling of how long you've been missing. Was I missing for a day? Was I missing for a month? Was I missing for 250 years? <laughs> there's no explanation. And you, 250 yeah. years is obviously not the case. But You're missing long enough that people are surprised you're back, so it feels like longer than yeah. a couple hours? Long enough that everyone knows you were gone, so definitely yeah. at least a couple days, if not a month or so. But yeah. there's no explanation of how long, you know. Yeah, but I think it's um, I think th- I think the direct sequel is handled really well, and it's a lot of fun mm-hmm. to have that direct continuation. Which we, you know, we talk about Fire Emblem as a series of not getting very many direct continuations. It's very rare. Um, I think Zelda is, you know, is in that same bucket of 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 the series that doesn't get a lot of they get, and they're obviously all connected. The Wind Waker has the Ocarina stuff, and you know, yeah, it's less rare in Fire Emblem because you have the Arcania trilogy and the um, uh, Elib duology, but lately they've gone to a lot more of one and done. Yeah. Yeah. And technically Awaken is part of the Arcania series just a thousand years later. Right. But they directly reference Marth and that stuff being from that world. Yeah. And Elise is the same con- you know, same continent that Marth was on allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. So I- I'm really enjoying my time with Tears of the Kingdom. I'm I'm slowly playing through it. I'm slowly enjoying every little piece that I come across. Um as you said, there's a lot of new shrines, and they are uh, they're in a very similar fashion to the first one that you're every four you complete, you're trading in for a heart container or a stamina container. 
and uh, they give a they give a Metroid reason for why you're doing that all over again, which I thought was uh, really well done. You know, yeah. you kind of have to reset it. It's a new game, right? Jedi Survivor seems to indicate you don't have to reset it, but you, you no, that's a valid point. You don't have to, I guess. Yeah, you're right. We don't have to, but Nintendo uh, is the is the king. Considering how they start you in this game, it kind of makes sense that it resets and what's going on and that you're not actually gaining the health, you're recovering it from what Mm -hmm. happens to Link. And interesting way they've forced you to use the fuse system because when the gloom happened, all all the old weapons decayed. Yeah, specifically the one that doesn't break. (laughs) Well, it did. It did. It finally broke. No, all of them, not just the one that doesn't break. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I I thought um, it was it uh, was handled really well, and anybody was like, "Oh man, I hate that mechanic." It's like, well, you know, they you kind of figured they'd hit the reset. Uh, oh yeah, being a sequel, but I I'm really enjoying my time with them. Uh, I'm I'm loving all the discoveries. Like it is the same overworld from Breath of the Wild in terms of like landscapes. I'm sure they've touched it up a bit, but like you know, if uh, you're gonna you run across the same villages in the same areas. Like I'm right now in Rito village uh, right now. So plateau is still there. The, you know, yeah, most of the villages and stuff are there where you were, but they feel affected by what happened at the end of breath of the wild and, and what's happened at the beginning of, of tears of the kingdom. So I will admit having played the, a couple of the dungeons, it is, I give more credit to the divine beast for being dungeon like, but they were just so small and short right and these ones aren't a ton larger but they're larger enough that they feel better to me cool as a traditional dungeon if that makes sense yeah and i remember hearing that you know they were definitely closer to what breath of the wild offered as dungeons but they're sort of still feeling a little a little more zelda classic you know oh yeah and i do have to say they did zelda dirty you, yeah. I've mentioned in Discord my theory that has proven wrong that, you know, while Link was fighting above ground, Zelda would be below ground doing stuff, and you would switch every so often, and no, nope, not at all. She's just thrown off to the side, and I won't say anything more here. No. Uh, especially this early, but because I did my normal thing where I went searching around the map for memories and towers, uh, clear, cleaning up the map, even though I did a couple temples before I did that, but you know I've then since run around the entire map, unlocked all the above ground stuff, you know, all the towers and all. Yeah, and done done that memory story line. But okay, yeah, that they, would... they did her dirty, just shunting her off to be ignored. Because I mean, her name's in the title. It'd be nice if you if she actually did something. And it's not like you can say that, but if we have Zelda there, we don't need Link. Well, no, the straight-up storyline says you need both Zelda and Link. So why not let Zelda do something? Mm-hmm. They made progress with Sheik and Tetra, but since then they've just locked her back in her gilded cage and treated her like a fragile little glass sculpture. I would love to see Zelda play a more active role, and I thought this was a good opportunity for them to do that. But so far it seems like she is look, she's where she is so far from what I've seen. She is 
she's uh, making an impact there. And, and, but it's, but I haven't seen enough to know like for sure what's going on. Like um, it's still all, it's, it's still a big mystery to me, but I think to go any further would, would start to hit some spoiler territory that I, I was, I love discovering um, on my own in this game. It's, it's all about discovery. And I think like without doing the hundred years have passed a bit like from breath of the wild, they, they have, they have another mechanic similar to, to that from the first game of like you discovering what happened or what has been happening. Um, but they, it's, it, there's a different spin on it. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. That's where they feel that's part of what drives me crazy about them. Not really telling you how long link was missing for mm-hmm. is that, They've had the time to set up and organize research teams and monster, you know, fighting teams. Uh, but, you know, it. everyone also speaks like Link's been gone a week at most, if not less. You know, since the upheaval, as they're calling it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it is a very fun game. And if you are enjoying Zelda, I'm, I'm hoping you enjoyed this quick conversation to uh, check in on our first thoughts. But like lots we could we could go on. There's obviously lots that can be discussed when it comes to this game, like the new powers, the new areas. But it is still so fresh that I didn't, I didn't want to dig in too much deeper. But that's been keeping us busy on the Switch just just to give people a, you know, a little bit of a taste of uh, why we haven't been playing fire emblem <laughs> on the switch i'll admit i stopped earlier than i intended to and i did it again with xenoblade so hopefully i'll get back to those two eventually we will find a quiet week we will look ahead and we will be like all right that's our goal let's let's, let's. and i mean i realize it's me it's I kind gotta... of a busy time coming up and who knows yeah. with you know this and then stuff on the console coming out and maybe once that that happens i can if I finish Zelda by that time, I can go back and do the stuff. Mm-hmm. Man, playing Zelda, I I feel like I, I every time I I get a chunk done in Zelda, I'm like, oh, I don't think I'll be able to finish this. It is just it feels like a massive game. It feels big. Feels both massive and tiny to the same degree. Yeah, because it feels like I've been progressing pretty he- heavily and steadily through the story. Uh. And there are regions that, as of right now, I'm not likely to ever visit. You know, or at least they've given me no real reason to go visit. Maybe that a reason will come up eventually. But as of right now, I have no reason to visit certain sections of the map. Hmm. Okay. So. Well, uh, I hope everyone's enjoying their time back in the land of Hyrule as they fuse a flame tower to their shield. And realize that's the best thing ever. So it's it's a nice thing, but it like drains the it, energy yeah. of the shield. The shield does not last very long. <laughs> if you thought uh, shield sledding was bad for your shield, try attaching a flamethrower to it. Yep. Well, anything more will be spoilers, so I'll keep quiet about that for a minute. All right. <laughs> I I keep trying. I keep trying to move us on, and I keep bringing us so, yes. back in. It's let's not, move on. It's not Eddie's fault. It's my fault. I keep doing it because I love so, I, I'm enjoying the game. So anyways, yes, that's going to do it of for course, our chat. Course, the fun. Yeah, that's it for that chat. But going back to heroes, all the websites have died. We luckily found a new one. Hopefully it'll work out well. But all the old websites that we used have died. Yeah. Uh, Serene's Forest and 
game press have stopped sort of actively uh you know updating with the newest content and i get you know there's new content every every week streams so. first seemed to stop with heroes for a bit but now it seems like they're not even updating anything it's been almost a month since their last post yeah yeah, well, I hope everything's good over there. But uh, yeah, we've uh, we're, we'll start referencing. I think the there's a Fire Emblem Heroes fandom that we'll take a look at, and yeah, fandom wiki that that's likely, but we haven't used it much yet. So yeah, we shall see. But uh, one website where you will find Fire Emblem Heroes content is gamersinpodcast.com/fay. Check out the Fire Emblem channel in the Discord, the Gamers in Discord at bit.ly slash tgi discord. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at our Murphy, Eddie at Drowfear, and don't forget to follow at the Gamers In for show updates. It's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great couple weeks and happy summoning. Mm-hmm.